Well, it is finally here, the uh, week that Ohio State will be tested more than they've been tested so far, uh, but perhaps not tested to the degree that we thought, at least until around uh, 3 o'clock Saturday, Wisconsin, who I thought would certainly be 7-0 like Ohio State, Mr. Spielman, instead uh, found a way to give away a game at Illinois. How much luster does that take off Saturday's noon game in Ohio Stadium? Well, I think it's probably disappointing for Fox, who has the game. I would imagine. I mean, they're like, are you kidding me? It's disappointing for me. I wanted to see a top 10 matchup. I I did, and and look, Wisconsin is more than capable of giving Ohio State a game. I think it's easily their toughest opponent on the year. Yeah. I think you look at the quarterback, Cone, 264 yards on Saturday. They do have some balance in that offense. They they really do. Now, I, I just don't understand the defense. I mean, you're a 31-point favorite. And I guess I shouldn't say that because Ohio State was huge favorites against Iowa. Ohio State was huge favorites against Purdue. And Not this huge. This was the biggest upset in the Big Ten yeah. point spread-wise since 1982. Like, and how about the, a quarterback from Michigan for Illinois, Brandon Peters? Brandon Peters. <laughs> looking good, man. Cut, looking good. They cut the wrong better, guy. He looked better than Michigan's quarterback. So uh, it does take a lot of luster off, but I still think it presents the biggest challenge Ohio State will face, especially uh, – with uh, Jonathan Taylor, of course, who's a tremendous football player, mm-hmm. probably be the top back taken in the NFL draft. And uh, defensively, I think it'll be the biggest challenge that Ohio, fa- Ohio State faces this year. Uh, the uh, end of the game in Champaign, Illinois, Saturday is our flashes of fun, picture perfect play of the day. Badgers have no timeouts, they can't stop it. McCourt for the win. They certainly did stun the Wisconsin Badgers, and all of us, you'll be stunned at the low prices you'll pay for great senior pictures, pet pictures, family pictures from Flashes O'Fun. Check them out on the web, flashesofun.com, and book on the web, and you'll save up to $50 off. Uh, They love working with pets. They love working with uh, young kids. They love working with everyone, and you'll love working with them at Flashes O'Fun on the web, flashesofun.com. Their pictures used uh, very often on Unsplashed around the world, viewed over 2 million times. So there you go, flashes of fun. I mean, good for Lovey Smith. He needed a win like that. Uh, I probably buys him another year at Illinois. Well, they needed his, I saw Lovey being interviewed. He said they needed a signature win. That's mm-hmm. a signature win for Illinois. And don't forget the week prior, Illinois was in a game with Michigan, and Illinois was playing their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if Brandon Peters plays this do, does Illinois pull off the upset against Michigan? Maybe. Because Michigan is still reeling, in, in in my opinion. I mean, they just cannot get anything going consistently, both offensively or defensively. I think they have some good players. But for, for them to get down 21 nothing at Penn State, it's unacceptable, man. I, that's not what they are. And I, I Penn State's good, but Penn State – 
When you look at Penn State, Bruce, are you scared? No, not at all. Not at all. Their secondary is very vulnerable. It'll be proven so, I believe, November the 23rd. You were in Detroit yesterday for the Lions and uh, the Vikings. Okay, so I wondered... Uh, the circumstances of Michigan's loss, I mean, obviously they're down 21 nothing as you mentioned. They make a nice comeback. I actually got a vibe in the fourth quarter. I thought, you know what? This might be that signature win that Harbaugh yeah. needs. They might make a comeback here. They felt like they were sort of had figured some things out, and they were coming back, and they're driving, and they go down, and they get a – should have been a tying touchdown pass to uh, Ronnie Bell in the end zone, a little flip from Shea Patterson. Ronnie Bell drops a ball. Yeah. It happens. Uh, he gets uh, – I, I really think it's just a few – uh, stupid things said to him on social media, but you're in the press box yesterday in Detroit. I just wonder, did you did it ever come up? Was there any kind of vibe from all the Lions people that you talked to, or who obviously yeah. many are crossover Michigan fans? What's the vibe about Harbaugh? Maybe not about that. No, game. I, I think there's a difference in when you talk about NFL guys, right? And yeah, college guys. I mean, there's. I'll, I'll use an example that I used yesterday, a very similar uh, example, in where. I think there's a more of an accountability or where you can go after an individual for not making a play when he should make one. In the NFL. Yeah, in the NFL. Yeah. I, I think, look, Ronnie Bell, I felt bad for the kid. I watched it. I was uh, talked to Joey Galloway yesterday, actually driving home from Detroit, and I was talking about it. And, and you know, college kids, they're at Michigan, you're expected to make that catch. You should make that catch, but you're not going to bury the kid, right? Because it's, it's a college kid, and right. there's a difference between a college guy and the NFL. Nobody feels worse about the the drop than Ronnie Bell. Now, the only thing that Ronnie Bell can do when he gets another opportunity is make a play. That's all he can do. And so, but I think it's a, a microcosm of maybe the frustration and the missed opportunities that Michigan has had all year. Yeah. You know they're not as good as their record, by the way. No, they're not. They're not <laughs> I mean, as good. And as they their have record. Notre Dame this week. Notre Dame this week. Um, they're not going to beat Ohio State. They don't have a prayer of beating Ohio State at the end of the year. Uh, the only way, and you know, I hesitate to bring it up, it's Justin Fields' health is the yeah. only thing that uh, derails Ohio State, and I'm not sure that would derail Ohio State in the regular season. Uh, but in the playoff, obviously, they're going to need Justin Fields. Now, before we uh, move on to more on the Northwestern win and yeah. the Bengals being just completely inept and the Browns getting ready to play the New England Patriots, I want to talk a little bit more about your day yesterday because uh, we got to we got a treat in Columbus yesterday. I don't did you know you were on here? I heard I the was Bengals on. were not on. Now I don't I didn't I don't know all. Well, the that's because they were on CBS. Okay, so on we were CBS. on Fox. Okay, but we had a one o'clock CBS game. Who, who was we your had one? the Packers and the Raiders. Probably a better game. Well, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I, if it had been the Steelers, maybe even the Colts, I mean, I'm not trying to blow up Channel 10. I don't right. know what who makes the decision. I don't know if they were forced to take Packers and Raiders. I can't imagine why. But I would assume they were given the option of taking the Bengals, and they chose not to, and they certainly would make an informed decision based upon Bengal ratings. But back to your game in Detroit. I just, it, A, was a treat. A, number one, where was Tom? Tom was with uh, Troy. Because Joe Buck was doing the baseball playoffs. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, so who was your partner? Brandon Godden, a young kid, uh, big, big, uh, big Ten Network, does about three or four NFL games a year. He's also the voice of EA Sports on Madden with Charles Davis. You mentioned that, yeah. And he's a, he sounds like Tom. Yeah, he, he's really good. He's a young, talented guy, and uh, he got a great opportunity yesterday, and it was fun to work with him, and did a great job. And 
It was interesting for me. I, you know, uh, my two, two of my daughters came up. Two out of my, well, six count or five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Counting my two stepdaughters, who I treat as my own, of course, and uh, they came with their boyfriends, and it was fun. And the Detroit Lions are so uh, accommodating. Mm-hmm. I did a game in Cincinnati where I had some family members come. Yeah. Three hours before the game, I wanted the family members just to show them the TV booth. Yeah. Like where I work. It's what and I do. Was what I do. Three hours before the game. So it's a 1 o'clock game. It's 10 o'clock. They wouldn't even let them up in that booth for five minutes. That's the Bengal way. Yeah. Okay. The That's way. the Bengal way. It was so frustrating for me because I'm not trying to take advantage of my position. Hey, just, you know, let me bring them up. I'll bring them up through the back elevator, through the whatever you want. I just want to show them the booth. That's all I want to do. Yeah. But that's the Bengal way. And, yeah. you know, they said no. And, okay, I said, I, I, I'll respect your rule, but I disagree with your rule. Mm-hmm. Then they said, by the way, can you do a pregame hit for us on our internet? On Bengals.com? On Bengals.com? Can, would you mind doing that? And, of course, I did. Yeah. Biting my tongue, but I did because of this show, because what we're trying to preach, and I remember – People don't know this. I had a conversation with you, and I'm saying I'm having a real problem with this. Yeah, because we talked about it. I did, and and I made a decision because I went back to do another Bengals game, and of course they asked me to do another hit on their Bengals.com and a couple of their radio shows with with Lap, who's a friend of us and longtime of cor- friend of yours. Of course, I will do that because it's Dave Lapham, right? right? But the point being is that, and we can get into this in, in, from a spiritual standpoint. I do you remember what I said to you? I I said my instincts and my human nature tell me, you know, <laughs> the heck with you. Not just to say no, yeah. to say it with feeling. <laughs> to say it with feeling, yeah. and emotion and bitterness. Yeah. You know, and I talked to my wife and I talked to you, and she said that's not the way to handle it. I mean, you know who you are. And when people ask you to do something, you do it. That's what you do, even though everything is telling me not to. And that's kind of like living your faith. There's some right. things that we know we shouldn't do, but it's for the greater good that we have to choose to do. And so I thank you for that. And but although you gave me the other advice, you told me not to go. Yes. I don't remember doing that. I, I probably said, you know, and tell him why. Say, you know, I think I, I thought as I think back on it uh, now, I think you had already done Bengals.com. And then they said, no, oh, yes, you can't come yes. in the booth. Right, right, right. And then you said, what should I do the next time? Yes, that you're correct. You're correct. And I said, you know, the next time I would say, I'm sorry, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't really feel like I can. Yeah. Um, but I do like Carrie's way better. I yeah, better. I did, but it was hard. That's yeah, my point. Sure. That's so I want to encourage everybody. It's when, not easy walking the walk, man. When something's hard or it's challenging or f- you feel like, and it's minor, don't get, it's not like a big major slap in the face or anything. It's minor, but you know, it is a real, uh, a chance for me, um, figuratively to live, turn the other cheek. Yeah. It was that, an opportunity and it took a while for me to realize that. And fortunately, I was able to act on it, even though my instincts were telling me, my human instincts were telling me not to act on it. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell a quick story here. Um, when I left the fan, I had to go back in at the end and clean out you know, my office. Well, they had already cleaned it out for me, <laughs> that <was> which, nice. <laughs> which I didn't like very much. You know, I mean, I go in and everything's boxed up. 
And um, so I'm paralleling this to your situation. Right. I said something to the guy in charge at the time that in the moment I thought would give me great satisfaction. And I walked out of that building and I got in my car and I thought, you are such an idiot. Yeah. Like, and that's what Satan does to you. He gives you, he puts that carrot on the right, stick. Doesn't he? And he's like, oh my Come on, go for it, man. This will make you feel You're so, so good. Right. You're and so the right. instant you do it, you know, the, you know, I, I fell for that. It gives you none of the fulfillment no. you thought it would give you. And I so regret that. And I so wish I could did you ever back reach back out and change that. Uh, no, I did not. Well, um, our challenge is to you to reach back out to him. No, I'm serious. I know he's not there anymore. Well, find him. I should find him. That's make. I mean, that's a that's a challenge for me. You know what? No, I I'll, mean that's I, that's making amends, making amends, and yes. making it right. You don't have to. Right. Your salvation's not depending on no, it. No, it's not. But it is Thanks making it. But no, but it is making it right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a great I idea. I do that on on uh, Twitter once in a while because. Here's the great thing about me as an, um, an analyst. I refer to myself as the people's analyst, by you the way. You are because you're reachable and you respond. I, and But um, and I, I learned this when I was at ESPN. The guy brings me into the office. And he said, you know, Chris, really, why are you going to have a future in this business? I go, why? He goes, because people respond to you. They either absolutely love you and think you're the best thing since Madden, or they absolutely despise and hate you with a passion. <laughs> There's no lukewarm feeling about no. you. There's one you way or the, those emotions. <laughs> yeah, there's one way or another. And and I thought to myself, okay, well, I'm just going to go. And one thing I try to do, and you watch me on, I don't know if you watched yesterday, but mm -hmm, I did. I'm definitely trying to, I'm myself and maybe a more outgoing version. You are a myself, more outgoing version of yourself. Of, yes. uh, a passionate football. I think my passion for football well, when, comes out. When we do radio, when you do TV, you can't just be who you are in normal life right. because it, like they say, uh, the TV adds 15 pounds to a person. Yeah. If you're just your normal emotions on TV, you sound, you sound asleep. Yeah. You have to bring the raise energy your voice, up yeah. a little bit. So uh, that's where so it, it was. So it was, it was cool. So anyway, we, they, Lions were great. They, we go on the field. Rick was there, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Your brother. You know, yeah. GM of the and Vikings. I told, I told, I told all of them, you can't wear any Vikings gear. Up there, you know, I have yeah. a lot. I have loyalty to the Lions too. Yes. Not not when I'm doing my job, but right. when well, I'm outside I mean, my job, it's yeah. my team. Well, so they're going in the booth, they can't be a fan. It's really cool. And so, um, I had uh had them meet Mrs. Ford, Martha Ford, wonderful woman. Uh, she gave us her time. She came over and talked to my daughters because and told them about Stephanie. I go to the other sideline. There's Mark and Ziggy Wilf, the owner of the Vikings. Mm -hmm. I'm introducing. To them and my teammate and the all-time greatest running back, when I first brought him on the field was down there in Barry Sanders, and so the two guys, Matt and Josh, were like it's Barry Sanders, you know, and it just it was so cool for for me to see the joy in their eyes. We talked about this all the time, right? Yep. What love is when you see that your kids or or people that you care deeply about having to experience something really cool in their life, and you're happier about it than they are. And so I looked at Josh, who's uh, Macy's friend. Uh, I got boyfriend, whatever. Friend, boyfriend, whatever. who's, who's counting? But anyway, <laughs> I look at Josh and I say, hey, Josh, 
and Josh is a great kid. I, I, I love the kid. Really smart. Went to Kilbourne. He's a freshman at Ohio State. I look at Josh, and I said, Josh, I bet you when you were uh, the captain of the Worthington Kilbourne soccer team, I bet the thought never went through your mind that you'd be standing on a 50-yard line of an NFL field hanging out with Barry Sanders, did it? That's right. <laughs> right he just started no no it didn't <laughs> so well, how cool for you I, they showed it i don't know if you knew they no, showed it show. on fox going to a commercial break i had no idea barry uh i reckon obviously that's how i knew i saw yeah. maddie i saw matt yeah. i saw uh mace yeah and, and you jo- and, and the young yeah. one josh yeah, yeah. so it was really cool. cool it is because i want you know and i thank the lions i tried to thank the lions on twitter and uh i saw rod wood who's the uh president mm-hmm. of the lions and he's done a great job of the alumni and doing a lot of things and and bringing players back he's just done a tremendous job and i went up to him and i thanked him i said i can't tell you how much this means to me i mean i never you know i never you know me long enough that i never try to take advantage of any position that i have in fact i go out of my way most of the time to avoid asking for favors or things like that mm-hmm. But this was really a, a, a cool thing for me. And our, our producer, Mark Teitelman, I had him get there three hours before the game. I, of course, was there four hours before the game. So I sure. gave him an hour rest, you know. And I showed him the, the, the trucks. And the producer takes the time to show him all the screens in the TV truck and how the operation works. And I take him up in the booth, and they're drawing on the Telestrator. And it's just a... It was a really cool moment for me and, and one that I'll, I'll always remember. And these are the things as we get older that become more important to us. I like to call them, now nobody knows what this is except you and I and my kids have no idea. I, I like it, to call it a a uh, Polaroid for my mind. So that's something in my mind that I will uh, keep forever. So yeah. it was really cool. I was really happy for you. It was yeah. great. It was great to get to hear you work yesterday. I always enjoy that. Uh, it was not as pleasant on the Bengals sideline <laughs> yesterday. At the end of their game, Joe Mixon uh, went out to be part of the final drive. Uh, they instead kept Gio Bernard in the game. Joe Mixon's always been a guy who's been kind of the emotional pulse of the Bengals. I'll give you the reason why. He was uh, taking his shoulder pads off, and uh, and I'm not ripping him for it. I'm just saying this is this speaks to the level of— Why is he taking his shoulder before the game was yeah, over? Yeah, he took his shoulder pads off Why are you not game, ripping him for it? Standing down at the end of the tunnel. Why are you not ripping him for that? Mm, I, okay, yeah. I, I mean, that's not the right move. It's just I, I'm using it as a window into— the level of frustration. Here's a guy who's been all in on the Bengals and been the guy who's been trying to like hype the Bengals up and trying to get the Bengals Until to believe. Until things aren't going his way. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's so, fair. So he goes in, he's dressed, he's showered, he's gone before the locker room opened up. Now he just the guy said, Hey, you know, you got a minute. He's like, No, nah, I can't talk now. He wasn't mad. He was just like it was a frustration thing. And I know you can't let it get to you. But that's how bad things are in Cincinnati. They're 0 seven. They got the Rams in London. I mean, I don't know. It's the NFL, so anything could happen, and it's That's London, true. so that brings up you know the possibility of anything. And the Rams haven't been exactly killing it lately, although they were pretty good yesterday, right? Yeah, they, they won yesterday. The Falcons. Who uh, then here's Quinn is going to be lucky to keep his job. Yeah, he is going to be lucky to keep his job. Then it's for the Bengals. It's Ravens at home at Oakland, Pittsburgh at home at the Browns, New England. Okay. Oh, excuse me, I left the Jets out. After Pittsburgh, it's the Jets at home, December first. That looks to me like your first chance for a Bengal win. You can't win if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, and they can't do either one. Well, Joe Mixon had two yards. I didn't see this, so I'm just going off yeah. of what you just described. But for 
those listening out there, I'm going to give you pure speculation on my part of uh, a couple things of why that why they pulled Joe Mixon and what Zach Taylor needs to do. But again, I'm only going off of what you're. Well, I just me. told you, yes. So, which is I, accounted I, if you if you're an athletic subscriber, Paul Daner Jr. wrote about this in the Athletic. You can find it at theathletic.com. By the way, I am an athletic <clears throat> subscriber, and I think they do a wonderful do job a covering job. the NFL. Yes, it's just tremendous. Um, Joe Mixon wasn't on the field because he can't pass block. He'll get Andy Dalton killed. Okay. Giovanni Bernard Bernard is a better pass blocker. So you're going to be slinging the ball around. You're it was, not it was a garbage time possession. Garbage They're down twenty seven ten. They're going down the field. Jacksonville's letting them go down. But the field as a pro, you, I understand his frustration because he wants to finish the game. But if you're throwing the ball all around, yeah. were they throwing the ball? Yes. Okay. So Geo's going to be a. He's a better blocker. Yeah. You know the underneath protector. stuff, the 10, 15 yard chunk stuff. Right. To get the game over with. And you want to keep Joe Mixon healthy. So Zach Taylor makes the right decision because. The games that I did, Joe Mixon uh, missed about three blocks and got Andy Dalton killed. Uh, now, So uh, Jacksonville has the second-worst rush defense in the NFL. The mm-hmm. Bengals rush 14 times for two yards. Yeah. They are on pace this year as a team to rush for 850 yards, yeah. which would be the worst in the NFL since 1949. They have 303 rushing And they got the issue with the offensive tackle, too. That's They got issues on the offensive line because it was like chickens coming home to roost yesterday. Cedric Ogwehi is playing for the Jags. Uh, he was a first-round pick of the Bengals, I believe. I believe right. uh, Jake Fisher was a second-round pick that year out of Texas A&M. Billy Price has been an epic disappointment. I, I'm stunned by that. Uh, and then Jonah Williams is hurt, so they've devoted a lot of high picks to the well, offensive Cor- line. What's the What's the tackle's name that had the concussion that won't? Is, is Cordy Glenn, yeah. offense tackle concussion. Find him last week. Um, all Find kinds him of two hundred off- grand detrimental yeah. to the team. All so. kinds of offensive line issues with the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, and then Andy Dalton throws three picks uh, in the fourth quarter when they're up. 10-9, including a pick six. Gio Bernard got hung up on a screen pass in the wash, threw it right to a defensive lineman. He takes it all the way back. Oh, uh, so, you know, they they didn't draft Dwayne Haskins. They didn't draft Pat Mahomes. Uh, Andy Dalton's in the final year of his contract. Their backup is Ryan Finley, the rookie. Good player. They're 0-7. So, you know, they're, the blame's falling on Andy. It's quarterback position. So they do play the Dolphins, I think, the second to last week of the season. They do, yes. At the Dolphins. So, I mean, <laughs> would it be one of those games where, whoopsie, I didn't mean to fumble that I one. Whoopsie, fumble whoops, that. I didn't mean to throw Who'd that you like pick. better, Tua or Justin Herbert? Yeah. No, you no, win the no, game that's or? not the choice now. The choice is Joe Burrow oh. has been the hot topic of the number one quarterback overall. Wow. It wouldn't that be something. If Joe Burrow ends up being the top quarterback in the NFL, you know, I draft. want to ask Ryan Day this, but I don't think tomorrow's the day to ask it because it's Wisconsin. But Ryan has talked before about how happy he is for Joe Burrow, and that's genuine. I mean, you can tell Ryan's really happy. I for think Joe everybody Burrow. in Ohio is happy but here's for the Joe thing. Burrow. Ryan has also talked about the difficulty of keeping quarterbacks happy and keeping them on campus. Can. And and he's like, this is the new world. You know, you're out there, you're re-recruiting these guys every year. The question I want to ask him, and it's not a gotcha question, it's a genuine, I'm genuinely concerned. Is it good for Ohio State's 
<laughs> recruiting if Joe Burrow wins the Heisman at LSU because it's like, doesn't that encourage other kids who are at Ohio State and are the backup and buried to say, why would I stay here? Look, I know I'm good. You recruited me. Look what Joe Burrow did when he got out of here and got to play. Well, I mean, maybe potentially in the future, yes. Yeah. The two kids they have now are understand what their role. But they got this Jack Miller kid coming in from Arizona, and they're yeah. and they're recruiting another kid. Go get him, a freshman. And so Ryan says the ideal quarterback room is four. I, I'm wondering if the ideal quarterback for, room for them is four, but one of them is a grad transfer chugging off type, or yeah. one is a. Guy who you just a Kenny Guyton, a guy who you like know is not gonna like look and have the you know wonder lust for somewhere else. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, Bruce. I mean, that's that's the way it is, and the perfect example is um, Oklahoma. You had Baker Mayfield who started out at Texas Tech. You had Kyler Murray who started out at Texas A&M. You got Jalen Hurts who started out at Alabama. Yeah. I mean, these are one-hit wonders. Russell Wilson did it from North Carolina State. To Wisconsin. I mean, Lincoln Riley's a kingmaker. Yeah. I, I was actually shocked Justin Fields didn't go to Oklahoma. Not because I, but if you're looking at proven, Lincoln Riley's proven more so than at that time, yeah. Ryan Day was proven. Well, we're moving into that direction where it's just basically going to be one year contracts. It's free agency. For, yeah, that's what it's going to be. I love it because I, I want to see the best players play. Coaches hate Jacob it. Jacob Eason at Washington is a. Big time NFL yeah. prospect, former Clemson guy, lost yeah. out. You know, okay, yeah. You so I, I think it's awesome to me. Now I, it's not ideal, but I'm just so, as, as getting the good players to yeah. play and seeing the best players possible. And do you blame? I don't blame one don't kid. Blame no, not no. one kid for doing this. It's the same decision Nick Bosa made. Nick Bosa, Bosa made a decision for Nick business Bosa, decision. and these guys are making a business decision I have too. no problem with that because every coach in America makes a business decision absolutely every coach in America makes a b business decision and for the first time uh over the last whatever 150 years of college football at least by that position those kids hold some kind of power by well, I misspoke Jacob Eason was at Georgia yeah Jacob he lost Eason to Jake Georgia. Fromm he was there he was the starter yeah and, and Jake Fromm beat him out well tore up his knee and then Jake Fromm stepped in there. Speaking of Lincoln Kelly Bryant Riley. was at Clemson, and he moved on. Speaking of, uh, who did we just say? Oh, Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley. Urban Meyer mm -hmm. was falsely accused of of campaigning for the Dallas Cowboys yeah, what job. What was that? I saw that that Urban brought up the Dallas Cowboy job. No, I, I, I that's didn't, not I how didn't it see went. It. Tell me that because I'm not familiar with. It's on Colin Cowherd, who, by the way, had no idea. Yes, that Joe Burrow played at Ohio State and had Urban for three years. How'd you let that Joe Burrow get out of Columbus yeah. or out of Ohio? How did he get out of Ohio? Yep, that's a that's a big fail. I mean, God, but I don't even know how that's possible. His producers let him down on that one. Yeah, big I time. mean, he's got a lot of things going on. I get it. Okay, so he was asking about Lincoln Riley having a job. Then I think it came up would he take the job? And all Urban say it's the Dallas Cowboys, right? The premier team. Whether you love them or hate them, it doesn't matter. Yeah. They are the draw in the NFL. Gold standard. They absolutely are. They always have been, and they always will be. Yankees, Cowboys, yeah. Lakers, Ohio and State. And that's what Urban those the, said. Those are the jobs. So, I mean, but people, and he was getting ripped saying, well, you don't campaign for jobs that people already have. But he's not 
coaching now. He's in the media now. If he's asked his opinion and he works for Fox and his job is to give his opinion, then he has to give his opinion. And I applaud him because he is brutally honest. He was brutally honest in his press conferences for most of the, most of the time. He really was, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about evaluation on a players, of, yeah. on players and coaches yeah. and himself. Yeah, I, I won't take the fastball on. The no, I know you Big won't. Ten kickoff lunch, and we okay. all that's been water it, under the bridge. We it's, get it. That's done and over. But I'm yeah. just talking about his approach on his evaluation of football, of coaches and players. Yeah, guys, as honest as they get. That's why he's good on TV. Great yeah. on TV. Yep. So. Uh, he'll have his pick of jobs going forward. He'll have his pick of the USC I job. Think. He'll have his pick of the Browns job. He'll ha- sorry, Freddie kids. He'll have yeah. <laughs> he'll have his pick if Zach Taylor doesn't work I, out. And I mean, he'll have his pick. I think Notre Dame, name it. He'll and I, have his pick. I haven't talked to him about this, um, and so I have no idea. I'm just having fun with it because it's Urban Meyer, one of the greatest coaches in the history of uh, college football. I wonder, and I was thinking about this when I was reading about that story, if the lure of the NFL, you know how highly competitive he is, right? If if that is, it's like it's like a some somebody's throwing like a, a come to me, you well, you know, you his, know what I mean. His answer is very telling. I mean, his answer is right on. It's the Dallas Cowboys. Like there's stuff. You don't think about because it doesn't yeah. seem real, but then it's like, wait a second, the you Dallas mean I Cowboys. got the Dallas Cowboys? Like yeah. I got Zeke and uh, I got you know yeah. this and that and Jerry Jones. Got Dak. Yeah. Well, well, okay. Um, <laughs> he looked good last night. Yeah, pretty good. The Eagles, man, they just can't get out of the gate. They're fine if they're fine at halftime, but they just can't get out of the gate in the first yeah. quarter. Um, on the uh, let's put on one end of the me uh, of a of a plot line. Uh, enjoyment and and awesome fun like you had in Detroit this weekend with your family and everything. On the other end of the plot line, we put pure, pure torment, okay? <laughs> Where on that continuum is Urban this week as the Fox pregame show is live on campus at Ohio State and there's the vibe of a big game and there's a great team in that Ohio State yeah. locker room and it's all guys he recruited, and he's right there around it and right in the midst of it, but he's not coaching it. Okay. Where is he? The only thing I can compare that to, and, and by no means it's no comparison, okay, but this is the only thing I can think of. So when we when we suffer a loss of someone, you go through, okay, It's we have to go through a period of first. Mm-hmm. The first time since the loss, the first time since whatever. There's a first Christmas, there's a first holiday, there's a first birthday, there's anniversary. Yeah, there's just a period of firsts that you have to go to. So when he comes back to Ohio State and it's going to be rocking there, right? And the excitement and, and Urban's going to be cheered and hailed as the conquering Roman general re entering the city gates, all that stuff. Inside, I think it's going to be very difficult for him because it is the first. Yeah time coming back i think if they come back again it'll get easier and easier and easier you know i remember just when um i was uh quit playing football i mean there was a first day where i'm not going to practice today Mm -hmm. i'm not watching film today i mean it was really really hard then the first time i stepped into um um 
NFL stadium. Four years ago, where the first time I stepped into an NFL stadium, I wasn't playing a game. So there's a period of first that you have to go through. Then once you go through that period of first, then it becomes easier and easier and easier, just like everything else with reps. Uh, Friday night. You agree with that? I or? do. I do. You got to... You got to lean into it, and you got to yeah. just deal with it. Um, Friday night, fifty-two to three. That's just unbelievable. Um, Another twenty-four am, point second quarter. I thing. am really not going to be the least bit surprised if Ohio State goes through the entire regular season and doesn't have a game within. I won't be surprised if it's three touchdowns. I actually will be surprised if anyone comes within two t- touchdowns of them in the regular season. I think Wisconsin has the best chance. This time or and no, now Wisconsin's loss to Illinois has put Wisconsin in a big time pickle in the Big Ten West because you gotta figure Ohio State's gonna beat them, so they got two L's. So now well, that, your brings, boat's doing now still that brings the chesty boatman into the picture and it brings uh Iowa into the picture. Yeah. And Wisconsin and um, Minnesota they have a great rivalry between Wisconsin and Paul Bunyan's axe. Paul Bunyan's axe. I, mean, I used Glenn to do Mason. that game annually. Glenn Mason, one of the great lines of all time when his field goal kicker came over, Reese somebody. To I was there, a, I did that game. Kick a game winning field goal. Uh you know, Mace is trying to relax him. He comes over couple seconds on the clock. Minnesota kicks the field goal. They win the game, and kid goes to run out on the field, and Mace calls him back over, and the kid says, yeah, and Mace goes, hey, don't forget the axe. <laughs> so when he kicks the field goal, they all made a beeline yeah, to Wisconsin sideline, grabbed the axe. I remember that. It was in the Metrodome. I remember it well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I still think Wisconsin is, is going to bounce back. Paul Chris is a pretty good coach, and defensively they're much better than they played against – Illinois. They gave up two touchdown plays of 40 yards or more. They'd given up one play all year of 40 yards or more. I do agree with you that Paul Christ is a good coach, but here's what I don't understand about Paul Christ and Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor's off the field a lot. They got first and goal at the Illinois three in the fourth quarter. They're up and need a touchdown to ice it. And Taylor gets one carry. I don't get it either. They are in possession of the ball after Illinois scores to get it to... 24 to 21. Right. They got to run the clock out, and Jonathan Taylor gets one carry. Yeah. I mean, th- I don't get why. The, I don't That's get, who they I don't, are. I don't get the running the pass play. That Third led to and the five. Led to the interception. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand that at all. They made a lot of mistakes. They missed a 37-yard field goal. Yeah. They everything they, had to go Illinois' way, and right. they got the turnover with two thirty nine left. I believe. And then they let the them, and it's midfield. It's not a field goal yeah. there. The kid's got a big leg, but they let him drive it down to the twenty five. Well, that's 20. why I I would punt the ball, and you're playing for overtime with them, yeah. which I well no they no. were up two. So up two. I mean, you oh, got to yeah, hold okay. them, but you punt it deep. Yeah. If you don't get it on a run, you it's punt Illinois' it deep. offense. Yeah. You know, make them go whatever to get a forty five yard field goal. Yeah whatever the distance so that that was a uh i think he would probably take a lot of those decisions that he made during that game and if he'd hit the reset button i'm sure he'd call some different plays especially the uh the interception man you hand it to jonathan taylor three times <laughs> there at the at your own 40. four four if you need to <laughs> I mean, you know it's just it, it, it was not good not good at all all right so uh i 
just was extremely impressed again with Ohio State. Oh, this is the difficulty of playing them is you never know where it's coming from. Chris Olave, no catches against Michigan State. Two touchdown <laughs> catches in the first half. Austin Mack, no catches in the uh, first half. Four or five catches on a first series of the third quarter. Fields is supremely efficient. 18 of 23, 194, four touchdowns. Let's see. J.K. Dobbins has a long touchdown, uh, not a touchdown run, 68 yards, two plays, 73 yards, all J.K. Dobbins. Master Teague has a 73-yard touchdown run. Yeah, The defense is lights out again, and uh, they just continue to play like they have <laughs> no weakness, no distraction. That's um, the thing. Boy, they're good. They're really, really, really good. So I was actually thinking about this on the drive home from Detroit yesterday. I was thinking, okay, this is, you know, I just listen and think football all, when I'm dialed in like I am on Sundays. That's that's all I think about. So I'm driving home. I turned the radio off because I wanted to go through Ohio State's uh, schedule in my mind. And I'm yeah. kind of replaying the game a little bit from Friday night in my head. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I see everything. You know, the one thing I don't see, I don't see vulnerability in their eyes. And what I mean by vulnerability in their eyes was the Iowa game or the Purdue game. Mm -hmm. I really don't think this team is capable of playing that type of game. I I think they're that good that they're not. Now, I'm not saying they're going to play at this super level all the time, but I don't think they're going to have a game like they did against Iowa okay, well, those or were, slash Purdue. Those were, okay, so the Iowa game was right after they'd made that great rally against Penn State at home. And yes. won that game. Okay, so a little bit of a letdown there. I forget who was coming after Iowa. The Purdue game was a bit of a shocker because they'd had the Iowa thing happen. Because Purdue was going to be at night, you just figured, all right, they're going to be ready for that. They weren't. They weren't ready. Um, but let's assess here. Okay, the Nebraska game, Nebraska wasn't ready, and Ohio State was just, we're out here to do business, and business we will do. Northwestern, inept offensively, 125th in the nation. Rutgers on the road, not even a chance <laughs> in the world of that happening. Um, Michigan, nobody ever takes Michigan in this town lightly. No. Penn State is right before Michigan, but there's no looking ahead to Michigan because Michigan's not top five Michigan. You know, there have been years in the past where Ohio State has played a decent team the week before Michigan, yeah. and we're oh, looking a little bit ahead to Michigan. No, won't happen because Penn State will probably be top ten yeah. by the time Ohio State plays them. That will be senior day. That will not be a game they look past. Maryland, there's no chance Maryland beats them. So they don't have a – not only are they not prone to their minds wandering, they don't have a game that kind of fits into that realm of, are they good enough if Ohio State's not paying attention to beat them? No, Maryland's not. Rutgers yeah. is not. And honestly, Michigan is not good enough. No. I, I, just, I, I just look at this team, Bruce, and there's just something different. Different about them. Now I could be proven wrong. I just I have sure they could go out and drop it and penalties. I just have and, this yeah. gut instinct about them that they're college kids. It could happen. Yeah, I, I know. But when I see them though, they're really as close to robots as I've ever seen. Like they're they're wired, but they're joyful robots. Yeah, they're I know. Having fun. They're, in years past, I would say, yeah, they're robots. They're dialed in, tunnel vision, yeah. headed to the NFL. Robots. <laughs> Ryan Day's got them playing for each they're, other and for the coaching staff, and they're like here's what fun it robots. It's one simple word. I don't know if this is the best team in Ohio State history. I don't know if there are many better, but I don't know if this is the best. I'm just saying I don't know if there's many better. 
that that's all up for debate and uh, purely uh, objective. But for me, uh, Bruce, this team is probably now the very um, key difference in the words I'm going to use. Probably the most confident team that I've seen Ohio State put on the field. Not an ounce of cockiness, but probably the most confident team that I've seen Ohio State put on the field in a long, long time. That's the difference. They're so confident in their coaching. Mm -hmm. They're so confident in each other. And that's what every coach wants to have, that perfect dynamic and that perfect locker room feel and that perfect team feeling. And they're all really, at least from the outside looking in, every one of them is unselfish. They're an unselfish team. They know they're a team of superstars. They know that they probably have, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say this, there's probably 45 kids that'll be in NFL camps on that roster right now. <laughs> uh, 45. Yeah. I mean, from top to bottom, from the 85 scholarships they have, yep. over half are going to be in NFL camps. No doubt about it. Uh, we want to thank West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating for sponsoring the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating services all of Central Ohio. West of Springfield, if you need uh, a new furnace, Lennox High Efficiency Furnace products are what West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating recommends and installs. They'll give you up to hundreds off, depending upon the variety that you select for your new construction or to replace your existing furnace. Uh, Geothermals, they've got them. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating can handle all your plumbing needs as well, and they show up on time and save you time. West Jefferson Plumbing and Heating, available on the web at westjeffplumbingandheating.com, and you can call them, 614-879-9606, 614-879-9606. Did you see the... Uh, Right out of the Sonny Spielman playbook discipline that Dabo Sweeney um, parceled out over the weekend. No, what did he do? He had a freshman cornerback named Andrew Booth who threw a punch in the Louisville game. Kid was on special teams. He got tangled up with a Louisville guy. They had a little scrum. And Andrew Booth, a highly recruited cornerback from Clemson, threw a punch at the Louisville kid. He got ejected. So Dabo Sweeney, in true Sonny Spielman fashion, made Andrew Booth... (laughs) Ride the bus back to Clemson with the managers rather than fly on the team plane. I like it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And he said the seniors on a team were really upset because that's not who we are for him to act like that. I sent a message to him. Hey, keep your cool in the midst of circumstances because you know what? You're in a college football playoff game. A penalty like that, you get ejected or you give a team free 15, yeah. 15 free yards. That can get you beat when the Absolutely. margin is narrow. Absolutely, and, uh, you, and he did it when he's a freshman, so he'll take that lesson with him for the rest of his life. Yeah. Speaking of lessons. Wait, I got one more Glenn Mason thing oh. you're going to love because we, we referenced Mace earlier with the uh, Mace. You know, coaches, Ryan Day says this all the time. Oh, the mistakes are on the film. The mistakes are on the film. Yeah. We're watching that film. The mistakes are on that film. The guys see it. Yeah. So Glenn Mason's asked after Ohio State just annihilates Northwestern. Yeah. What are you doing? you're coaching this team what's going through your mind and mason said you know if i was coaching him i'd I'd look for things wrong but i think i'd have to make things up (laughs) that's what i'm seeing too i mean there's little things but you know that nobody's ever going to be perfect i just i want to see how they respond and i almost think they need this is their disadvantage in being so good and having the Big Ten be so you, you bad. Know, they when they need... asked me at church yesterday, they said, where are they vulnerable? And I said, they're vulnerable like UNLV was vulnerable back when they had Grandmama and Greg Anthony. Yeah, Never played a close game. 
until the Final Four against Duke. And, you know, you don't know how you're going to react until you're in it. And I would assume... I should have thought of this yesterday driving home. I would assume that that if they play Clemson or Alabama or LSU or maybe Oklahoma, that they're going to be in a game that with 12 minutes to go, it's a game. Yeah, they need it. And that very well may be an entirely new experience for them. Yeah. That's, and it'll be a game, too, where things won't come easy. Thanks, Big Ten, for not getting us prepared. Boy, the Big Ten is just... <laughs> it's god-awful, dude. It is. It's awful. It's a, it's a shame. I mean, Penn State's They're going fine. to be good. That game at Penn State next year when Hamler's a junior and Clifford has another year and Micah Parsons is a junior, Let me ask you. that'll be a tough game. But this year, no, here in the stadium, no. Let me ask you a question. I want to see if you agree with this. You know, I, I don't know. I follow college women's basketball, right? Okay. Because that's... Sure, because Mace is Because playing. Mace is playing. So I've come to realize there's probably about mm, 20 good teams in the country. 20 really good teams okay. and everybody Good else. in the sense that 20 teams that could get to the Final Four? Or what do you mean by good? I don't know if there's 20 that can get to the Final Four, but 20 that could probably get to the Elite Eight. Yeah. Okay? I'll, I'll go that way. Do you feel like college football is like that? It's interesting you bring that up because I always try to think ahead and what are we going to talk about today and what are we going to talk about sure. Wednesday. And this is a topic for Wednesday that I want to get into. Okay, with we'll save it for Wednesday. No, no, no. We'll, we'll tease it now so people okay. can look forward to it because I think it's a really good topic. And that is the hierarchy right now in college football is Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. Now, LSU sort of injected itself into that this yes, year. Yes, they have. But I would argue that LSU injecting itself into that is a function of Joe Burrow, not necessarily of, yes, the, it is. of the program and of Ed Orgeron. I would not bet that three years from now, LSU is still a part of that royalty. And I was wondering, if you had to bet on a team that will inject itself into that, that in three years, I'd put Georgia in that group now too, by the way. Because Georgia's been in the national yeah. championship game, and Kirby Smart's got it going there. But let's so let's say Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, five, the you know the five best programs in college football. We'll talk Wednesday about what program we think three years from now mm-hmm. might be a part of that five. We'll just put that out there on the table. We'll give it some thought. You guys give it some thought. Send us an email, Spielman. Uh, a podcast at gmail.com. We invite you always to review our podcast. We look forward to that. We got a nice review here from Tyson in South Carolina. He uh, titles his review, Glorious Return. I am so thrilled that the dynamic team of Spielman and Hooley is back. I'm a proud graduate of OSU and used to love listening to Chris and Bruce on the radio on my way back on my way to work in Columbus. Since graduating and getting into law enforcement in South Carolina, good on you, Tyson. Thank you. I oftentimes long for their opinions on Buckeye football while living deep in SEC territory. I'm so glad to hear the team together again and even more excited they get to not only talk about football but get to discuss their faith, family, and opinions on life. The combination of the wordsmith Hooley, so you put that <laughs> you put that stink on me, and Spielman's insight from his life and professional experience is truly priceless. So glad to have you guys back. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Tyson. Thank you for reviewing the podcast. Uh, we'd love for all of you to review it. It really helps us know Uh, what you think of our content, how to structure our content, and it does help us with advertisers. So please uh, review our podcast on uh, iTunes if you would. And if you do not have iTunes, you can go to pleasereviewmypodcast.com backslash Spielman and Hooley and leave a review there. Did you have a spiritual angle today? If you did, I'll save mine for Wednesday. I'll save mine for Wednesday. I did have one, but I hesitate to, you know, uh, usurp your own. 
I thought yesterday when I to saw what? it. To what? To what? Usurp. I don't know what that means, Wordsmith. Supersede. What? Go before? Trump. <laughs> Get in front of. <laughs> okay, I just, yeah. Right. Uh, shall we do emails and then do mine? Yeah, or should, yeah okay. do emails. All right, let's do emails. All right, from, uh, my, from Mark. Uh, he says, uh, it's, uh, you know this gentleman? You see his name there? Mark Icafano. He says, Chris, it's yeah. your Lions preseason director. Yeah, Ice. Uh, ice, right. Ice, ice, baby. Thank you. He says, I get more out of your podcast when you talk faith, family, and parenting. My question is, do you attend church weekly? Uh, do you pray? If so, where? He says, I was brought up Catholic. I haven't attended church weekly for years due to my work schedule, nights, holidays, weekends. When I do have a Sunday off, whether home or on the road, I go to church. I also pray sometimes in my car, always at night. Yeah, it sounds weird, but I say prayers every night when I go to sleep. Hail Marys and Our Fathers as I lay down for sleep. I've been doing that for a long time as I remember, as long as I remember. Uh, I wonder if either of you have a prayer routine. I also believe myself that you don't always have to go to church regularly to be a follower of Christ or your faith. Um, thoughts? Prayer routine, first of all. Well, first of all, I think if we have time to watch a sports game, watch time or have time to work out, if we have time to uh, go out to dinner or go to a movie, I think there's time within a week that you can make and prioritize to get to church. It is very easy to find a Catholic church in a service every single day. They're offered every single day, and whatever city that I'm in, uh, there is one time that I've actually had to take an Uber to a church. So, yes, I go weekly. Um, if I can't, and I talked to a priest about this, actually, if I can't go on Saturday or Sunday due to schedule, I usually go on Friday mornings, and my intent is to go, but he also understands the priority that I have, but my intent is to go. So I do make you it mean a priority. commitment you have, not yeah, the priority. I, yeah, yeah, commitment. Thank you. I am committed to doing that, and I, uh, I've done a pretty good job of um, staying that commitment. Praying, um, I pray whenever and wherever, daily, yes. Uh, the first thing I do when I wake up is, is say a prayer prayer. Uh, not necessarily, not necessarily a Hail Mary or Our Father, but I say the one. Uh, I think it was the prayer of Jabez. Jabez. Jabez, which says, "Bless my family, indeed, O Lord. Put your hands on everything we do. Keep us from evil, so we cause no pain." Um, and there's another part of it, and I'm blanking right now. But I say that, and I also say, "Be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be a man of strength today. Be a man of courage today. And above all, do everything." with love, or I constantly am saying prayers for my kids and my wife and everybody that uh, that I know that I love or that's very close to me that are not only going through struggles but also having success or having a joy in their life at the particular moment. So, yeah, I, it's a priority. It has to be a priority, and but... You have to make it a priority. It's a spiritual workout. I make it a priority to work out every single day. I certainly can do a spiritual workout every single day. And I wish you would have talked to me about this ice when we worked together for four weeks during the summer. Uh, but, you know, you, I, I do think it's important for me 
it is important to go to church. I think it shows uh, the one thing that I've learned um, being raised Catholic and going to a Catholic church is that there is a discipline and a requirement that I enjoy, that I get spiritually fed from. And I'm that type of person that needs to be, hey, there's no out here, bud. There's a church within a mile, two miles, three miles. There is no out. And so for me, yes, it is a, it's a commitment that I probably live to 99.9% .9 of the time. And the people that I work with are very accommodating for me. If I have to do something, they'll work around me. So it's, it's really, I work. Yes. In other words, absolutely. I hundred percent agree. Uh, I have a prayer routine that, uh, I start my morning with prayer. Uh, but the Bible says pray without ceasing. So if you're praying in your car, there's never a wrong no, time to no. pray. And the great thing about a God who loves us enough to send his son to die for us is that he cares about every single aspect of your life. Well, and that's so that personal relationship anything. thing right. too. And so right. either you're in or you're not, you know, it's not, a, it's not a standoffish God. I mean, the whole point of Christianity is, is that Holy Spirit and a personal relationship thing, you know, and, and it's people, not just like... Just to demystify it for people to go, what do you mean by the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the very spirit of Jesus of God inside you when you accept the free gift of salvation. He empowers you yeah. to do his will on earth. And it's, it's in some respects, people equate it with your conscience. If you don't have a peace about doing something you know is outside God's plan. Yeah. But the Holy Spirit is indwells you when you accept him. He equips you to do his work you just by gotta, giving you his power. You have to remind yourself and you have to call. For me, you have to call upon you that, do. right? You do. You have to call upon that when you're in a situation where you know you shouldn't do something and and nobody's watching. You got to call on the Holy Spirit to give you strength. In in, in Corinthians, Second Corinthians, it talks about I think it's one nine or two nine. Hold each thought captive to Christ. If you do that, you're normally going to make the right decision. So he, he, in Ice Man, call me. You you have my number. It's easy. Call regarding, me. Regarding regarding church attendance, I cannot fathom living my life. Uh, without the fellowship of uh, like-minded believers, without the strength and accountability I get from um, other men at my yeah. church. My church is Northwest Chapel, uh, right on Rings Road, 6700 Rings Road. We're going to have Joel Penton speak there yeah, in be, two weeks. Great job. We'll do great. We're going to have a tailgate party that day to uh, hopefully ingrain the mindset that when we go to church, and this is why we go to church, you don't go to church to be entertained or to have... I mean, you can get something from it, but the mission behind going to church is you're going to entertain God. You're not going to be entertained. Right. You're going to worship. You're going to, like, entertain God. He wants to see your worship. And when you're there, then, you're around other believers who you're transparent with, yeah. who love you, who care about you. I'd be so lost in my life without my friends, and these guys well, know who they are at my church. They mean the world to me. And a, and, a, and a church where you, and I love the fact our pastor yesterday, Rob Barlow, said this in church. He's not about building the kingdom of Northwest Chapel. He said, if you can't find a way to worship God here and be fed here, yeah. go find somewhere else where That's you beautiful. can be. That's beautiful. And I love that, that a pastor was saying that because he's encouraged, he, his, care, his number one concern is for you to have that personal relationship with right. Christ. 
And if you can't find it at that particular church, maybe it's whatever the music doesn't speak to you or the preaching doesn't right. speak to you or the Sunday school, go find it somewhere so else, what, man. What? How did Apostle Paul address that? You know how he addressed that? I'm trying so, to think what you're referring to. So St. Paul talked about, okay, I got to be all things to all people, right? As much as so, is possible, live in yeah, peace with everyone. Yeah, and, and but also, you know, I mean, <coughs> listening to a... I, I just think people get fed differently. There's different tastes. There's different styles. I think God speaks a million different languages. And the other thing is, you can be you. fed, and I was fed at a great church here in the Plain City area for the first 12, 13 years that I was married to Sherry. Yeah. And then there just became a time because we had kids and our needs as a family, yeah, our spiritual sure. needs yeah. were different. It's not a bad thing, nor should you take offense if someone leaves your church, if they leave peacefully, don't leave in a huff and don't leave because you're mad about whatever. Yeah. But if you leave genuinely searching for something else, there's no reason to be mad about someone leaving a church to right. go somewhere else to get fed. It's not a shot at you. They're seeking, and you should be glad it's not like they're you're seeking going to somewhere the else. Competition, no. right? Here's the other thing, too. I, I firmly believe it's it's every person's duty who attends a church to take care of that church uh, with your volunteer, with your money, with your efforts. And it's, you know, you're, you're there to also serve God. And support of the pastor and the yeah. leadership team. Yeah, it's your job to serve God. I mean, we just we're doing a, a big fundraiser at the church I attend, and you know, I was huffing and puffing because they were having a presentation of what the what the money's going to and why. And and you know, financially, I'm all you know. It's easy mm -hmm. to write a check. Sure. I'm blessed where I can write a check that would suit the church's needs or what they're looking for. And <clears throat> my wife said, "Okay, well." They're having these presentations. We need to go set up and serve food and put up the tables and uh, put up the chairs, you know. And so on the way out there, it's in, in the evening, and, you know, I'm an early riser and go to bed early. On the way out there, I'm huffing and puffing. Man, man, my, this, I don't want to do this. I, this is, this is just such an inconvenience for me, and it's, <laughs> We go to church in Powell, so, you know, I got to drive all the way out there. And so and I'm coming from uh, Franklin Middle School or Finland Middle School in the south part of town. So I'm getting there. I'm sitting 5 o'clock traffic. I get in there. I'm huffing puffed. And, you know, I see the, the priest there. He's greeting everybody. There's this really cool presentation. I'm back there getting ice, um, <laughs> not touching any of the food. Okay, I sit through the presentation. And after the presentation, I start cleaning up, and all of a sudden, I have this feeling of peace come over me, and a feeling of not something that I was accomplishing, but something that God was accomplishing to me, and a feeling of humbling myself to be a servant, and how awesome and how blessed I left that building. Coming in there, huffing and puffing like a two-year-old brat, walking away thanking God for giving me the opportunity to humble myself, to do dishes, to uh, pick up the candy, to fold the chairs, to stack the chairs while everybody else is off and leaving. And I'm there with a couple other people, and it's 10 o'clock at night. And driving home, I had such a... This is so cool about God, right? Yep. I had this such a 
a feeling of peace, not anything that I accomplished, but of humility where I actually thank God for letting me be humbled in that and allowing me to serve by doing simple tasks. And, 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 it, and it's cool. Like God always doesn't have to punch you in the face to humble you, right? He knew when I was driving there that I was, I don't want to be here. I could, I, I got to get home and I got to watch 90 Day Fiance or whatever crap show I watch. I don't want to be here. The leaving there, I'm on my knees or, or almost, you know, so, yeah, peace, so much peace in my heart that I had a chance to serve and I thank God for humbling me. Does that make sense at all? It absolutely does. And it gets back to what you'd asked me originally when we started going into this, do I have anything today? And I referenced your weekend in Detroit. And I saw that snippet of you and Barry Sanders on the field with your kids and then obviously saw the interview in the booth with Barry. And you and I have been blessed in our lives at a lot of great experiences. Right. Um, When we've met a lot of people that guys who are friends of ours – they think, wow, you got a cool job. You get to talk to this guy. You yeah. get to talk to that guy. And, Bruce, you know this. And, hey, you get to talk to Coach Day. And, and we're blessed. And I love it. It's fantastic. But never lose sight of the fact that you, whoever you are, whatever you do, you have the chance to have a personal relationship and talk every day to the God of the universe. Mm-hmm. And as big a deal as Barry Sanders is, and as Ryan Day is, and as Urban is. Is Bruce Hooley or, or, yeah. I mean, seriously, like people look at you. You're a minor think, celebrity. Oh, you I'm a minor talk. celebrity. You've met LeBron. You've yeah. met Ted Williams. You've yeah. Met, yeah. Yeah. But do you know that you, Bill the plumber, John the contractor, you know, Fred the salesman. Yeah. You can talk to the God of the universe who's personally invested in your life. So here's the thing. And like you say, you can talk to the God of the universe who's personally invested in your life, which is very true, right? So somebody might say, well, God never talks back to me. Driving home that night from the church, God spoke directly to me with a peace and a fulfillment and a sense of accomplishment uh, that I had that night for doing menial tasks and going in with stomping my feet like a brat coming out being humbled to the core that's how god speaks back to you just open your eyes and open your heart and listen for those messages uh that'll do it for this edition of the spielman and hooley we tackle life podcasts we're back on wednesday where we will tackle that uh topic we referenced about which program do we think will three years from now inject itself into that top five that osu is most assuredly a part of and we'll have more on the badgers and the buckeyes With head coach Jeff Halfley, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, We'll have more on the Badgers and Buckeyes as I'll be down on campus tomorrow to talk to Ryan Day. Thanks for your time today listening to us, and uh, we hope you have an awesome Monday and Tuesday. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.